Do you feel sorry for Theresa May? Sometimes I do. I mean, she's being held. Why yeah. do you feel sorry for Sometimes her? Sometimes I do. Why do you feel sorry for her? Well, I just look at her and just think she looks dreadful. Um, what the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business? And the, the stuff about me paddling all the nonsense the sea was actually closed. It was a, a red notice. You just can't call it. We will not be caught with no clothes on. I've always been a completely normal UK tax player. It's not in opposition that I want to be, and it's Nicola's desk I want. I want to serve this country <laughs> as First <laughs> Minister <laughs> and its Labour values. You can have the desk, you're just not getting the job. <laughs> If you've been to Peppa Pig World, who's been to Pads? I've anybody who's been to Peppa Pig World. In December, I'll be in Beijing opening up new pork markets. I mean, seriously, besties, what the actual fuck? Hey, besties. It's me, Jennifer Wan, and this is what the actual fuck has gone on with this whole politics business. Um,. Well, I mean, you'd think because it's recess, not much, but boy, do I have a surprise for you. <laughs> There's still a lot of chaos. There's still a lot going on. I don't know why I'm doing that. Um, <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so there's been a lot going on and we're going to get into it. So grab a drink, grab a snack and get comfy and cozy and let's go. So, I just saw a very um, unusual video on social media. I thought you might want to know. Apparently, uh, this, this lady, she was going to like an exercise class in LA. Um, you know those ones where you're all on exercise bikes and they're playing music and there's a person up front yelling at you and the lights are going on and off and maybe it feels a bit like you're in a fever dream? It was that, basically. So she's going to this class. It's apparently a Taylor Swift-themed class to celebrate the fact that Taylor Swift is going to be performing in, in the city. Um, okay. Um... <laughs> So she gets to this class, right? She gets to this class and there's all this security there. And she's like, what the fuck? What is going on? There's security in all the corners of the room. There's people, um, you know, looking very official and very uh, security-like. Died all around the room. The lights are kept off during this class, apparently, according to this lady. And she's like, what, what the hell is going on? What is going on on this fucking day? She's got all these theories. Is it is is Taylor Swift here? Has she come to do this class with us? And then she's going to do a little performance. Is it is it fucking Beyonce? Who is it? Who is it? According to this lady, it was Rishi Sunak. It was the Prime Minister. He is apparently a Swifty who likes to fucking soul cycle or whatever i <laughs> listen this is if this is true right then this would be the second fucking swifty that the uk has had as a prime minister 
who has drastically fucked things for us economically. Now, I'm not trying to cast dispersions about Taylor Swift fans, but let's look at that, all right? Because there's something that ain't right about it. I... <laughs> God, not me getting launched on by the Swifties. I, I don't care. They can come for me. I don't give a fuck. Um... But yeah, Rishi Sunak is currently on holiday, which means Oliver Dowden is in charge, by the way. Good Christ. Um, I mean, I guess I guess we can be thankful it's no longer Dominic Raab. But I mean, Oliver Dowden's not exactly much better, is he? Uh, but Rishi's on holiday. So, it you know, there is the potential that it is real, that he is over in L.A., um, you know, exercise biking to you know, to the greatest hits of of Taylor Swift with all the lights off, um, peddling his little legs with, with, you know, security all around while confused influencers and stuff in the room are like, what the fuck is going on? Um, it's very on brand for Rishi Sunak to, to ruin, <laughs> to ruin a, a, an event for everybody else by making it weird. It's very him. It's very him. But, you know, this is the second time that we have had a Taylor Swift super fan as Prime Minister. Liz Truss, if you remember her. Elizabeth, she was a Swifty. Um, very vocal about that. Even got a selfie with Taylor Swift once on her Instagram. Um... So, you know, perhaps that's where Rishi's off to. Maybe he's off to go and see Taylor Swift uh, perform. I I, I wouldn't know. I, I am apparently one of a uh, few homosexuals who's just not into her. Um, but I, I, look, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, we get our second Swifty Prime Minister... And everybody goes on strike. Nobody can afford to live. Coincidence? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's not. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Just because it's recess, that does not mean that the Prime Minister should not be having a shit time. I support it, of course. So he had a bit of a rough time during uh, an interview on Radio Scotland. He was questioned about his use of private jets, private helicopters, all that kind of stuff. So it was revealed that he took a private jet to go to Scotland, which just so we all know, it's very easy to get a train. It's very simple. But he took a private jet because of course he did. Except he was going to Scotland to make an announcement on green energy. And he took a private jet. Oh. So he was asked about this in an interview on Radio Scotland, he started spinning out, babbling on about how everyone was criticizing him, all this shit, accused the interviewer of wanting to ban people from going on holiday. No, 
No, that's not what happens. People just don't want you to keep taking private flights and fucking up the planet, Rishi. That's all. We're just asking you to travel like a normal fucking person. That's it. It's it's very, very simple to do, actually. Um, you know, and, and most people manage it just fine. Uh, in other Rishi Sunak fucking the planet news, uh, this week the government announced hundreds of new oil and gas licences and they were very excited about it. Grant Shapps, uh, he tweeted and said, today we are saying no to Just Stop Oil and their political wing, the Labour Party, he might want to take that down because that's... Uh, not a factual statement and the Labour Party is currently led by a, a very experienced lawyer so I'm just saying um he also said we will power ahead with new oil and gas because it's in the best interests of the British people of our economy and of our national security okay but it's not in the best interest of the planet we fucking live on is it Grant I <sighs> Listen, <laughs> this is ridiculous. He then, uh, he followed up on that tweet with another one. I, I'm still calling Twitter, Twitter and tweets, tweets, by the way. I will not be giving in to Elon Musk and his ridiculous fascination with the letter X. That shit is juvenile. I'm not doing it. Uh, so he said... Labour have surrendered to the criminal tactics of Just Stop Oil and given in to their destructive demands. I mean, Labour actually have not given in to the demands of Just Stop Oil, actually, as it goes. Um, that's one of the reasons why Just Stop Oil and other similar organisations are also still um, trying to you know, get some face time with the Labour Party. But don't let facts get in the way, Grant. It's fine. Um, They would give God, Putin the power to blackmail the UK, making 213,000 people jobless to fund our NHS and put your energy bill at risk. But conservatives do not surrender. OK, let's fucking go through this. Right. God. God. Okay. The whole thing about Putin, right? If if the UK government actually put real effort and and real investment into renewable energies, Perhaps we would not be in a position where we are reliant on on gas and oil. I'm just I'm just putting that out there. And yet for years and years, the UK government has just ignored this, kicked it down the road, which it's it's frustrating, actually, because, you know, there are other governments within the UK. Um, I know the Scottish government has done a lot of work on renewable energy as well as the Welsh government, they have actually recognised the reality of what we're going to be dealing with and they are trying 
to to move to something a bit more sustainable. Obviously, they are limited by the powers of devolution, um, which might I add, <laughs> quick sidebar, but uh, there was <laughs> there was a, a protest at Holyrood this week where some protesters threw paint on on the uh, on the doors and and things like that. Um, to protest the granting of new oil and gas licences. Except... It, it's it's reserved, darling. Like, you know. I, 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 I understand and I feel that the, the anger that those protesters felt. But you need to be throwing that paint at uk government buildings because they're the ones that actually have the powers they refuse to give the powers to the devolved governments to make different choices um but as i said you know the devolved governments are actually trying to do what they can do within the limited powers that they have it's just a shame that the uk government is not doing that um but you know if if there was more investment into renewable energies if there was more exploration of renewable energy perhaps we would be in a position where putin had absolutely no power over us but the uk government's laziness and complacency means that we're not um in terms of people losing their jobs of course that is a really really important thing to think about however one of the things that a lot of people who are working on trying to transition to something that is killing the planet a bit less quickly, um, one of the things that they focus on is, is a fair transition. So finding new ways for the people who work you know, in energy industries that are damaging to the planet, finding a way for them to have new employment in the future. And it is possible, you know, green jobs are possible. But again, the UK government does not want to actually look at it. They don't want to actually think about what's possible outside of what's happening right now. They, they don't want to actually invest and investigate about what could happen, what what's possible, you know, what jobs could we find for people who are currently working in, for example, oil? Um, how could we improve the climate and also improve their lives by finding the new work? You know, it is possible, but they just don't want to actually look at it. Defund our NHS. I don't even actually know what he's... <laughs> Like I, I don't I, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about with that. Like I I don't know. Genuinely. I cannot see um what the fuck that has to do with this. Um I, I you know, I mean I've I've been critical of the Labour Party. Um but I I don't see anything from them where they're saying that they are going to snatch away money from the NHS. And it's pretty fucking rich of a conservative to be talking about defunding our NHS when they've been doing it for over a decade. 
so that's that's pretty cheeky, if you ask me. And put your energy bill at risk. Again, that's pretty fucking cheeky because they literally have. They literally have. My energy bills, my God, I, I don't even want to think about it. It makes me depressed. And I'm sure that you're in the same situation. Um, and people all over the UK are really struggling with this. And what are the Tories doing about it? Fuck all. Absolutely fuck all. Um, they've had several prime ministers have a go. And they've actually done nothing really to help us. So... Thanks, Grant Shapps. Thank you so much. Um, he received a response on Twitter that I thought was quite interesting from a former Conservative MP. Now, listen, she's gone through a couple, well, two parties because she, she did leave the Conservatives to go and join Change UK, if you remember them. That was a... My God, do you remember that era? It was crazy it's crazy so um change uk if you if you weren't around at that time um it was a little a little group of mps who left uh the labor party and the conservatives to start a new party called change uk and then all lost their seats um that was a moment that happened um one of which was anna salbury uh who well I, i'll be honest I, I don't i don't know what she's doing now but she is on twitter.com and she had this to say what contemptible nonsense more evidence of how the conservative party has fallen into the same political gutter occupied by trump and co and to think we were once leading the world in our determination to take tough action to tackle climate change now listen i've got a few problems with that firstly i i do not accept that the conservatives <laughs> were a major part in the determination to take tough action to tackle climate change because as I said, they they have uh, left the work of pursuing renewable and sustainable energy and just sort of, well, done this fuck shit, as, as we've seen this week. Um, but I mean, she has some points, you know. The Tories have uh, fallen even lower. <laughs> um which I mean who's surprised just when you thought they couldn't get lower guess what they can uh so they are once again getting ready to kill the planet but you know who's not taking it lying down Greenpeace Greenpeace um I'm sure we all know Greenpeace an environmental organization they decided that they had something to say. They didn't want to just say it, though. They wanted to show their message. And so they went to Rishi Sunak's £2 million mansion. Yeah, again, this is a, this is a guy who, for some reason, is, is obsessed with the idea of pretending he lives life like the rest of us. But he's got a £2 million mansion. £2 million? I... <laughs> oh my god 
Um, yeah, so they went to his two million pound mansion and they covered it in black fabric after climbing up on the roof and they held up a sign that said, Rishi Sunak, oil profits or our future? Well, I think we know what the answer is, guys. <laughs> um, a number 10 spokesperson reacted and said, the police are on their way. We make no apology for taking the right approach to ensure our energy security using the resources we have here at home. So we are never reliant on aggressors like Putin for our energy. Goal. We are also investing in renewables and our approach supports thousands of British jobs. Okay, well... The investment in renewables is very small, kind of like a prime minister we all know and loathe. Um, and again, they have had years and years and years to make sure that we're not reliant on aggressors like Putin. And they've done fuck all about it. So I would like them to make an apology, actually. I think that would be good. Um, <laughs> uh, they... Uh, The government also ordered DEFRA to stop working with Greenpeace um, over the stunt. I'm sure that Greenpeace will be absolutely devastated by that development. However, will they go on? Oh, my God. How awful for them. How will they survive? Um <laughs> So, more on Rishi's bad week. He's having a bad vacation. He's having a bad vacation. So, uh, before he jetted off on holiday, he was asked... <laughs> he was asked if, uh, if he could name anybody from Douglas Ross's shadow cabinet. So, Douglas Ross is the poor, unfortunate soul who is currently tasked with leading the Scottish Conservatives... Probably not going to get kicked out just based on the fact that there is nobody really that could replace him and be taken seriously. And I mean, no one takes Douglas Ross seriously, but like they're stuck with him now. And I, I don't think anybody else wants the public humiliation of having the job, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, so <laughs> Rishi was asked uh, during a press briefing with Scottish journalists um if he could if he could name a single member of of the shadow cabinet in scotland and he could not <laughs> he could not um like listen i <laughs> i i understand um that, you know, the Scottish Conservatives certainly have gone down in terms of influence. I get that. I understand. But come on, man. Come on. Look, they've got some real heavy hitters in this shadow cabinet. Let me tell you. Murdo Fraser. Wow. What a guy. No? Nobody knows it? Okay. I wait, Listen, you should at least know him from memes because this is a man who is very unintentionally funny. Like, he doesn't mean to be funny. I think he takes himself very seriously. But he's fucking hilarious because he's incompetent and ridiculous. 
This is the great thing about the Scottish Conservatives. Like, you certainly wouldn't want them in government, of course, but they are absolutely ridiculous and hilarious. <laughs> you know who else is ridiculous and hilarious? And also in the Scottish Tories' shadow cabinet, Annie Wells! Hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Russell Findlay. Honestly, these people are a laugh a minute, I'm telling you. So, Rishi doesn't know any of these people. He does not know any of them. <laughs> it's, um... It is what it is. <laughs> he, do he doesn't know them. He doesn't know them. Um, But, you know, it's, it's just funny because... In a few months, whether Rishi likes it or not, he's going to have to fight a general election. And he will be, I would assume, attempting to pick up some votes in Scotland. But he doesn't pay attention to what's going on with them at all. So I, I, don't, I don't imagine they are going to take that very, very nicely. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> some guy just turns up and is like, vote for me. Even though I refuse to allow your country to have, you know, equal power or any kind of real control over, you know, your, your own future, what's going on with you. And even though I, I don't even respect my party's branch office in your country, just, just fucking vote for me. Come on, don't be like that. I listen, you know I love Mexican Coke. I'm sure there's a Mexican iron brew and I'm sure I'll love that just as much. Vote for me. Like it's very that. It's very that. <laughs> he also um he had an interesting idea this week. Rishi wants to uh revive chess. Yeah. They're calling it the Great British Chess Revival. Apparently, the government is financing England's chess team for the first time. Okay. Uh, there's also going to be a hundred chess boards rolled out in parks. Right. Presumably, wooden chess boards uh, just dotted around outdoors um in a place that is famous for rain oh they're gonna be manky they are gonna be so gross oh my god like they're gonna get so gross within like a week bro um and apparently he's also going to be supporting a drive for more chess in state schools okay well I'm sure that teachers who are supporting kids who come into school hungry, uh, teachers who are paying for school supplies out of their own money, uh, that they're just going to be thrilled um, that the money that they need to support those kids is going to chess or something. Okay. I, th this is the thing. What, what needs to happen is a comprehensive package of measures to support kids, um, you know, across education. So you can have reviving chess as one aspect of that if you want. But if reviving chess is your only answer, then get fucked because it's ridiculous. I... Listen... 
listen i look i have nothing against chess by the way i think it's great i used to, i used to play a game or two myself um but this is this is just it's window dressing you know there needs to be a lot more and if this is all he's got well, fuck off because it's it's not good enough it's it's just not good enough i mean did i expect something that was good enough from this administration of course not of course not i'm not stupid but but it's just getting pathetic now it's just getting pathetic that this is this is all our government is is willing to do they don't actually care about the real problems we're facing and they don't have any answers it's just here's a little distraction please stop shouting at us about how difficult your lives are becoming we don't have any answers for that but here's some chess boards like come on man uh rishi also before he uh swanned off on holiday something that many people across the uk can't afford by the way um rishi was doing a little phone in on lbc and <laughs> jesus christ so uh, a man called in um a guy called jack and he said that his mortgage was rising from 1500 pounds a month to 2800 pounds a month which is fucking insane it's fucking insane like that that is completely unsustainable i i genuinely i if like i i don't understand how 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 a person is supposed to survive that like where are they supposed to find that spare money every month what the fuck are they supposed to do and rishi's response was to say that jack should be aware that the average mortgage is going up from £800 a month to £1,000 a month. I don't know how that was supposed to make Jack feel any better, to be honest, because his mortgage is still going up by a hell of a fucking lot, over £1,000, which is fucking insane. And... the a the average mortgage going from 800 a month to a thousand a month that's not really any better is it because where are people supposed to find an extra 200 pounds a month most people are not fucking millionaires rishi like th this is this is the problem with having a prime minister who is wealthy as fuck and understands the value of nothing and understands nothing about reality he genuinely does not seem to understand that most people cannot just pull 200 pound out of nowhere he probably thinks everybody has fucking savings accounts with a ton of money I, look i have a savings account but it's got fuck all in it if i had something like this happen to me like this much money if you know if i suddenly had to find an extra 200 a month i'm fucked and i've been there i've literally had months where i'm like oh fuck well this has gone up oh god what the fuck am i gonna do <laughs> listener she didn't know i 
Like, where are people supposed to find this money? Where the fuck does he think it comes from? I... Jesus Christ. <laughs> he also then told Jack this. Remember, there is an asset sitting behind most people's mortgages, right? That's a home that they own. And again, it's hard for every individual situation on average. Most people have a mortgage worth about £140,000 on a house that's worth about twice that, right? So? What does that, what does it mean, bitch? What does it mean? That doesn't help people in the immediate moment, does it, Rishi? I, the, the fucking bank is not going to be impressed if you just turn up and be like, listen, can't pay my mortgage this month, but it is worth a lot of money, this house. So let me off. Like, they're, they're not, they're not going to do that. They just could be like, no, we're fucking taking your house. That, that, that. What the fuck is wrong with this man? I... Genuinely, what is wrong with this man? I don't even... God. So, uh, what's the government's answer for for older people who are struggling financially because there are a lot of people who are older who are going to be struggling with money at the moment um i i know and I, I do think it's important to say i know that sometimes there is um a push for young people um to feel angry at older generations you know oh they've got everything and we've got nothing and um you know fuck them but the the reality is actually there are probably a lot more older people who are struggling than not to be honest um and I do think that it is a narrative that is set in place to divide us when actually we should all be banding together against dumb shit like this from Mel Stride, who is the Work and Pension Secretary, who said this week that over 50s should deliver takeaways and they should take advantage of the gig economy. Shut up. Just shut up. I... I I tire of how little ambition and aspiration the UK government has for us. They really believe that everybody should be fucking working themselves to death forever. And and that's it. That's it. And we we all know why. We all know why the UK government is so keen to try and push more people into working for companies like this. Um, it is because 
probably that you know quite a few i would imagine have shares in companies like this or know people that do um but also because the more people you have working there the more you can say oh look it's it's a perfectly valid workplace there's nothing wrong with it it's it's flexible working it's fabulous it's great and that way all the problems in in jobs like this never get fixed all of the exploitation that goes on the poor working conditions don't get fixed because there are people there who the government can then point out and say well look they're doing it they're happy what are you complaining about it's all fine everything's wonderful so pushing people who are economically weakened into workplaces that to be frank are unsafe you know all the things that we have discovered about these kinds of workplaces are unsafe let's be real um pushing them there at a time when they need the money it just means more of them can't speak out and the government and and these companies can point to those people and say well look they're here they're working there's no problem look away don't try and reform us it's just so gross and i the whole thing as well is just setting us all up so that we don't actually have any kind of retirement they they want us to work until we die they want us to be happy and to be comfortable with a shit state of life forever because it benefits them and i like i said i tire of it i tire of the lack of ambition for our people they don't want us to have better lives they don't want us to have easier lives why shouldn't we this is the thing why shouldn't we have comfortable lives why why can't we have a situation where one person's wages from a 35 hour a week job can get them a decent place to live and a good standard of living why can't we have that why shouldn't we have that and why does our government keep trying to convince us that we shouldn't have that why do we have to make do with with being poor why we know why we, we know why because it suits them and another example of this uh from this week lee anderson lee anderson he's at it again he was on twitter um he posted a daily mail article uh that was headlined savvy mum really believes <laughs> reveals how she cooks 70 meals a week for just 20 pounds and he said, look here, this lady can make 70 meals for £20. That's 29p a meal, a whole penny off my 30p meals. She is being praised on YouTube and rightly so. Where did I go wrong and why did I get nasty threats? Well, Lee. <laughs> well, Lee. Um, you went wrong for a number of reasons. Firstly, it shouldn't be the case that people are having to resort to spending as little money as possible to be able to feed themselves and their families. It is frankly criminal that resources um, for 
just hyper cheap ways to feed your family are necessary. And they are necessary because your government has kept workers' conditions so low and wages so low that that's what people have to do. We should not be encouraging that. We should be encouraging better workers' rights, better pay for people so that they can have a decent standard of living without having to do all of the extra work that goes in to having to you know, meal prep to a, an extreme extent. Like that, that's the thing as well that people don't understand. You know, all of these, oh, you can feed yourself for 30p, so stop complaining. It, you know, firstly, I mean, there's all the extra stuff, you know, paying for the electric or the gas or whatever it is you use to run your oven and, um, you know, the, the cost of utensils, all of that. There's also the time. It takes so much fucking time. And if you're working all the hours God sends for a very small amount of money most of the time, you, you just, you don't have the fucking energy. And again, why should we be pushing it as, as an acceptable normal thing? It's not right that there are people who have to try and look for ways to spend as little as possible to be able to feed themselves and their kids. That's not right. We are one of the richest nations in the world. Every single person in the UK should have access to good food, should be able to feed themselves, feed their families without having to go through a million fucking complicated and ridiculous steps to be able to do it for fucking 30p or whatever. And even then the 30p does not actually factor in everything you need. So the 30p thing is bullshit. We know this. But it should not be happening and it's wrong um but there was also uh a community note added to his tweet <laughs> um I, I it's one of my favorite features on twitter actually um it is a little a little note on the tweet to give some context um when something is a bit misleading such as this tweet from lee anderson um and it states that the lady in case is a YouTuber from the USA. She didn't actually reveal how to cook 70 meals a week for £20. Um, she buys her food in the USA where the measurements are different, the prices are different. There are lots of ingredients that she uses that we can't get here in the UK. So actually, people in the UK probably wouldn't be able to follow her plan and, and make 70 meals for fucking 29p or whatever it is because it's not possible and and that's the case with a lot of you know and I'm, I'm not i'm not criticizing this lady i'm sure that she was genuinely trying to help people um who are in a difficult position and i respect that but in a lot of these cases like it's it's much harder to do this whole making 70 meals for like 20p or whatever when you're fucking knackered after work. Like it just is. I <laughs> it just is. Um and again, like I said, it should not be the case that we even have to have these kinds of things. And it 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 shames our government that this kind of content has become so popular in the UK because it's it's on them that it has.
it is on them that it has entirely. Um, <laughs> other things that the uh, the UK government are responsible for. Well, a, a certain person in the UK government, uh, Robert Jemrick, he is responsible for his red box. Um, so you may have seen... You may have seen the uh the the red boxes like a little briefcase sort of situation um and it is used by ministers to carry government documents um and obviously they should not be just sort of lying around because they've got quite important stuff in. But Robert Jemrick, bizarrely, left his lying around on a train. Uh, <laughs> so um, a member of the public snapped a picture of Robert Jemrick's red box, just sat abandoned on a train seat <laughs> so much for the Tories protecting our national security as they promised with the uh, announcement of oil and gas licenses they can't even keep little cases that have actual official private documents safe they just walk off and leave them um so the member of the public said he was sat in first class with us. He walked off in the direction of the toilet and didn't take the box with him. I couldn't believe it. So we took pictures. <laughs> um, so so the, the member of the public alleges that Robert Jemrick abandoned his red box and went to the toilet and just, just fucking left it there. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Um, so a spokesperson said, Mr. Jemrick was working on the train throughout the journey with his ministerial box close by at all times. He sat in the seat directly to the left of this misleading photo and he left the train with his locked ministerial box. A spokesperson also, for some reason, uh, wanted to make it known that Robert Jemrick definitely did not go to the toilet i don't really know why we needed to know that um i mean sure there's other places you can go on the train but like why specifically do they not want us to think he was going to the toilet like everybody pees dude it's fine but you know if you happen to be you know holding documentation that's very important and secret i, I don't know would it be worse if he took it with him into the toilet I don't know. I don't know. Could, train toilets can be a bit mucky. But do they have better ones in first class? I don't know. I've never been in first class, so I have no idea. But do they have, like, special toilets that don't have, like, graffiti on the walls and stuff? Or... I don't know. Anyone that's been in first class, let me know. What was your toilet experience like? <laughs> um... But, I mean, th their answer to this is that Robert Jemrick was sat in a seat directly to the left of the the red box which was sat by itself um 
so I think they're saying that Robert Jemrick was sat on the other side of of the carriage. So they put the the box sort of on the seats next to his seat. However, there is still, you know, there's still the whole aisle. Somebody could have just, you know, if we are to believe that Robert Jemrick was just sat at the next table along, there is still absolutely the time and space for someone to just run past and snatch that shit up and run off the train. Um, so I, I, I just... There's also the fact that in the photo, you can see stuff on the table as well. There is... Is that... Is that a yogurt? There's like a tub of something and a napkin. Um, and a little... I think that's like a, a little spork, maybe. You remember sporks? They were so cute. Um, so I, I it, it does look as if someone had just been sitting at that table. So I do find it hard to believe that they would just plonk the red box on a table with a fucking yogurt or whatever it is in that tub and then occupy a whole other table. Like, that seems weird to me. I don't understand why they would do that. Especially because, um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure you know, in first class, seats would be assigned, right? Like, you, you have your assigned seat. I mean, Christ, you even have that in standard class most of the time. So, you're telling me he can just occupy multiple seats and nobody has a problem with this? I'm not buying it. I think he really did just get up to go to the toilet and just left it. <laughs> and now he's too embarrassed to say. Um, and he should be embarrassed because it is ridiculous. Um... But yeah, Robert Jemrick really wants you to know that he absolutely doesn't pee. Stop saying that he pees. Stop it. I won't stop. And you can't stop me. Speaking of people who should be stopped, Boris. Boris. We're going to talk about him again in a second. We've got more Boris coming up for you if you enjoy Boris. Because listen, listen. He might still be, you know, he might have said he's not going to be an MP anymore, but I'm still going to drag him because I want to. So apparently Boris Johnson was offered the chance to appear on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. And thank God he said no. Thank God. I'm not going to give him any fucking credit for that. But I am grateful that he has not decided to do that because I don't think I could fucking handle that bitch in a fucking vest and a cowboy hat or whatever the fuck all over my timeline. I don't want to see it. I don't, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Um, he also, he had a bit of a, a kerfuffle involving some newts um, who I support. I love these newts and I wish them all the best and I hope that they are having the best day. Because they made mine. So apparently, some newts are standing in the way of Boris Johnson's plans to build a swimming pool. <laughs> I love that from them. I love that from them. Um, so, Boris Johnson has big plans to build a swimming pool in his Oxfordshire home. However, his plans have been disrupted by some great crested newts. We love them. 
we absolutely love them um so these newts they are hanging around they are in the space they're like hey bitch hey you want to build a pool i don't think so love it um and if he were to proceed with building it would affect them because they are a protected species and he would receive an unlimited fine and potentially up to six months in prison for disturbing their resting places, breeding sites, or taking their eggs. If these newts send Boris into his prison era, I don't even know what I'll do. I do not even know what I will do. <laughs> and and it's funny because Boris... um. He, he's had beef with these newts before, apparently. Uh, during his time as prime minister, he accused the newts of being a massive drag on the prosperity of this country. The newts were waiting to take their revenge and now they've done it. And they're like, <laughs> surprise, bitch. I bet you thought you'd seen the last of me. Sorry, I've been watching American Horror Story again. They took their opportunity they saw it and they took it and i love them i'm so proud of them um they're iconic they're i fucking conic um so it looks like boris is not gonna get his pool we love that and i hope the newts have the best day because they deserve it they're so iconic and so skinny i love them with all of my heart i really really do but who do i not love who do i not love it's nadine doris it's Arna Dean. she has said for so long that she's she's stepping down she's not going to be an mp anymore she's she's given it up she's gonna be a full-time tv girly or writing her shit books or whatever the fuck it is she plans to do to sustain her ridiculous lifestyle except she won't quit she just won't but <laughs> but someone's got a plan someone's got a plan chris bryant labor mp and the chair of the standards committee has a plan he is planning to restore an 1801 rule which allowed MPs to summon their colleagues to the House. Nadine Doris, despite the fact that she refuses to quit her job, even though she said she was going to, has not actually been doing it. She's not. She's not. Um, she has not spoken in the Commons in the past year. She's not worked on anything, really, at all. Um, she's only voted on four days out of the whole year we're now in august and there's been a lot of days that have gone by um and apparently she has not kept constituency office for a considerable time so even before she rage quit her job she was not doing her job and i guess chris bryant was like well you don't want to do the work okay Okay, well, either come back and do the work or get the fuck out. We're forcing it. We're forcing it. So um, if things go the way that I'm sure he hopes 
he will either be able to force her to attend the commons or spark a by-election. I support it. I support it. I love it. I love it. I'm not going to lie. I think it's great. I think it's great. I feel like... I feel like... This is very necessary. Because, like I've said before a ton of times, this is a highly paid job. You know, MPs earn way more than most of us. Let's be real. And it's an important job as well. You are the voice of your community. You are... um, you are an important part of democracy. And if you don't want to show up and actually do the work, get out the way and let someone else do it. And if we can force that to happen with Nadine, I love it. If you hadn't had enough or or enough Barbie discussion, well... Barbie is once again on the minds of everybody, um, including former Prime Minister and current vomiter of shit columns into the Mail's website, Boris Johnson, um, who has logged on to mansplain to everybody what the Barbie movie is actually about. So let's have a look at this. Headline says, I can tell you the meaning of the Barbie movie that's eluded so many critics. It's a rallying cry for humans to have more babies. Listen, just because he will not stop impregnating women, that doesn't mean that we've all got to be at it. All right? I... There was some similar bullshit this week from Jacob Rees-Mogg who was screeching about how uh, we've all got to have more babies. I find it interesting that these rich, wealthy men who really their only contribution to these children is just getting a woman pregnant because both Boris Johnson and Jacob Rees-Mogg are not, they, they don't seem to be hands-on dads. I mean, Boris, as we know, just sort of abandons his, his kids and just sort of sticks with the kids that happen to live with him and the rest are sort of mugged off. Um, Jacob Rees-Mogg is very open about his use of um, copious amounts of childcare. You know, he's got a whole nanny situation going on. So he's not exactly being there, working hard, raising the kids. And neither of them have to go through pregnancies, obviously. Um, pregnancy, I've, I've never been pregnant myself. However, I know a lot about it because it is something I am capable of doing. And... Um, it really does a fucking number on your body. I know that for a fact. Um, and, you know, to expect women to go through this repeatedly because men have decided that we've all got to have lots of kids is just fucking audacious, really. Um, but let's let's get into what Boris has written. Calling all dads around the world... <laughs> Again, audacious. I have some important information. Attention, all adults now being badgered to go and see a film called Barbie this weekend. You will have seen the hype, the inferno of publicity about this pink plastic doll, her high arches and ash blonde tresses, and it would be odd if you haven't. Warner Brothers spent more on advertising, £117 million, than on making the movie itself. You may... 
And what about it? They did a great job. Uh, you may still be apprehensive about how you are supposed to enjoy 114 minutes of Hollywood stars prancing about and pretending to be dolls. And if you are, this column is for you. Um, I mean, why be a miserable bastard about it from the jump? And, and why why diminish the work that, that the actors have put in? Like, we're, you know, making a film like this, making any film really, takes talent, which is something Boris Johnson doesn't have. So I guess maybe that's why he can be so flippant. Um, if you think that you will be left cold <laughs> uh, by, okay, a kaleidoscopic explosion. <laughs> right. If you never saw the point of Barbie with her puzzling anatomy, let alone the point of her hopeless chum called Ken, then relax. I feel, like, already just, just going into this, I feel like Boris Johnson has massively misunderstood everything. You know, he's misunderstood this movie, he's misunderstood parenting, just a very... a man who really struggles to understand. Um, I have anticipated your needs... For an outlay of only £11 per ticket at the superb local cinema in Didcot, hub of the universe, I have seen and foresuffered all. I Imagine, imagine being a kid and your dad basically writes a column where he whinges about spending time with you and taking you to the cinema and then just turns it into some weird demanding yell at women to have babies. I'd be fucking mortified. How embarrassing. Um, I have seen and foresuffered all. I can explain the meaning of Barbie the movie. I bet you can't. And I can tell you that the analysis that you have read in the row is bilge. In fact, the theme of this movie is so crushingly obvious that I'm amazed that it has so far eluded so many critics. Uh, a deadbeat dad trying to turn a film about about finding your sense of self, finding your place in the universe, finding confidence within yourself, um, the dangers of following stereotypes and allowing your identity to be chosen for you taking that and trying to front like it's uh, you know about how women should become baby machines that is so boris that's so boris uh we begin with a terrifying portrait of the world before barbie where little girls play with dolls in the shape of babies they feed them change their nappies burp them care for them love them I <sighs> Okay. She emerges, the new plastic divinity, powerful, pinkish, confident, wearing high heels and sunglasses and not much else. Barbie has come and the little girls bow down before her. They not only want to own her, they want to be her. I feel like he also doesn't understand why Barbie was culturally important to to girls and the women that they became. He's he's very, I feel like he's missed the point there, you know, because he goes on to talk about how, you know, the kids attack the baby dolls, 
they smash the teacups, they smash up all the stuff they were playing with before, and they just want to play with Barbie. Um, and I feel like he's he's missed that, like, a lot. <laughs> um, he says, whence this savagery? What does it mean? Slowly it becomes clear. The little girls are rejecting traditional maternity with its endless chores. They have a new idol and she can do anything. Right, but why Why did he question that then? It's pretty obvious. Because <laughs> he comes back around and he's like, oh, no, no, I get it. And I'm like, I don't think that you do. I think maybe someone had to explain that to you. I think you had to have explained to you that it makes complete sense that young girls who were trained from childhood into servitude and having everyone depend on them because you know they are given oh you've got to look after this baby doll oh you've got you've got a little kitchen to play in go and learn to be a housewife go and do that and never being given the option to have dreams you know to to think i could be I could be the president, I could be an astronaut, I could be a journalist, I could be a a, a piano player at a, a nightclub with a shady owner who may or may not be in the mob. I could, <laughs> there was not a Barbie for that, but there should have been. Um, I could be a toy maker. I could be the person who creates the next generation's version of Barbie. You know, I could be all these different things. And and so Barbie comes along, gives them ambition. And, and Boris takes a little moment in the cinema and is shocked by this. And he's like, whoa, is this suitable for children? And then he has this little epiphany. He's like, oh, I get it. I get it. They're smashing the old ideals and they're living freely. And it's like, you could have just shut up. You could have just shut up, watch the film and took it in, but no. Okay, typical Boris. Um, Barbies are triumphant in every conceivable field of human endeavour and they illuminate the great truth that has really only emerged in the past 100 years, that women can and are achieving whatever they want and can become whomsoever they please. Yes. Yes, they can. Uh... <laughs> Um, our heroine, who is played by Margot Robbie, is somehow the queen of the Barbies, the stereotypical Barbie, and she has it all. She has friends who shower her with nothing but compliments. She has a lovely little pink car and a dinky little pink house. And she goes down to the beach and hangs out with her friend called Ken, who is in love with her. She's a Barbie girl in a Barbie world, and she thinks plastic is fantastic. Then something starts to go wrong. They should never let him do movie reviews again. Um, she dreams of death. Don't we all, Barbie? Don't we all? She detects cellulite in her upper thigh and has sudden imitations of mortality. You can see where this is going. This isn't paradise. This Barbie world is a dystopia, a frightening vision of a future for the human race. And the question is whether Barbie or any of us can escape. Uh, well, uh, the, the bad news is no. Uh, but the good news is um, there will also, you know, there will also be periods of brightness in our lives that make us forget. So um, stick with it, I guess, is where I would be going with that. <laughs> uh, back to Boris. Um, there is quite a lot of stuff in the middle about gender conflict, the war between the Barbies and the Kens. And I must confess that I briefly now and then allowed my eyelids to close. Who's surprised? Who is surprised? 
that a chauvinist, misogynistic pig could not even keep his eyes open while taking his children to the movies because the film was, you know, talking about misogyny and the patriarchy and he couldn't handle it. He got all precious about it. Because, I mean, that's the thing, you know, if we're talking about Barbie, there's been this whole, like, backlash from some men who are very... They're very fragile and they feel very threatened by people having this conversation. I have always thought that um, a man who is normal, which is, you know, most men, will not feel threatened by women talking about misogyny and they will not feel threatened by women talking about the negative impact of the patriarchy. They will, like, they're not fragile, they're not weak. They just could be like, yeah okay tell me about it let's talk about it but there are some guys who (laughs) they get so sensitive about it and so upset probably because they know that they benefit from these things and they don't want it to go away and so they get really angry like there was some fucking you know that guy ben shapiro very very small boy um looks a bit like a puppet in america and a very squeaky boy once got absolutely dragged by Andrew Neil. And he did this whole, like, he did two videos that were very long on YouTube or something of him bitching about the Barbie movie and being like, it's so horrible. It's so, um, uh, literally fucking screaming, crying and throwing up about Barbie. He he set fire to Barbie dolls. He went out, he bought Barbie dolls and he set fire to them. Like, that's fragile shit, man. That's fragile shit. <laughs> and it's probably because he knows that if... If the women around him were to watch that movie, they would see... They would see that they, they they can have a better life. They don't have to put up with him and his bullshit. And I would imagine that's probably why Boris Johnson is, you know, a bit sore over this as well. Because as we all know, he's he's very, very dreadful to women. This is something that is a constant with him. Um, okay, so let's carry on. So he's having a little snooze, but <laughs> he's surprised. But I have reached the age when you can not only absorb what is going on, but also actively enjoy yourself, even when you are half or completely asleep. Bullshit. I feel like he had a little nap, decides to just fucking ignore his kids, and he feels embarrassed about it. Um, it is all, in any case, irrelevant to the central point of the film. No, it is not. It It is not. Like, the actual filmmaker has said that that is, that is not the case. But of course, Boris knows best. A man who couldn't even fucking stay awake for the duration of the film has decided that he knows better than the actual woman who, who created the film, the actual woman who starred in the film as well, who has also said that the storyline around gender conflict and and patriarchy were central points of the film. Apparently, Boris Johnson, a man who couldn't even stay awake for the whole thing, knows better than them. He would never be a Ken, by the way. He would never be a Ken. They would never waste plastic on a bitch like that. Mm-mm. He would never. Um, 
In Barbie world, men with peroxide hair prance around in fake fur coats and admire the Barbie girls, but have no idea what to do next. It's a joke because they're dolls, dummy. There is no real romance because as stereotypical Barbie puts it bluntly, neither she nor Ken have genital organs. Again, it's a joke because they're dolls. Therefore, the world has children, but no babies. It is a parable about the destiny of humanity. God's sake. This is the thing. It always comes back to shut up and breed, women. It always comes back to women should do what they're best at, having babies for lazy, lazy people who will then not engage with those children and give those children a complex, probably. Um, so he continues, look at us. Across the world, with the exception of Africa, we see populations that are stable or falling. In China, for the first time in our lives, the population has begun to decline. Ditto Japan, where they have lost millions of people in the past 10 years. And if BBC reports are to be believed, young Japanese people are sometimes like Barbie and Ken in eschewing <laughs> traditional sexual relations. In Europe, the the story is even starker. Native populations are falling in Germany, Italy, Spain, Greece, Portugal, and Russia. Even in the US, population growth is tepid and driven mainly by immigration, and the same is true in the UK. It is true that our population is set to overtake France for the first time in centuries and is going up steadily, but again, this is mainly a function of immigration, according to Boris. Listen, every couple of months, some reactionary conservative man will start screeching at me and other women that we need to be having babies now 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 because everybody needs babies or something what the fuck do you want me to do genuinely i mean even if even if we ignore the fact that women should do whatever they want with their bodies and should not <laughs> should not get knocked up at the demand of some ugly man um from the conservative party what am i supposed to do do i have the money to raise a baby right now no i do not are the government going to give me that money no they are not so what am i meant to do that the conservative party literally has legislation in place that limits the amount of money that parents can have to to help support their children, the benefits cap. And the Labour Party also, as we've heard and discussed over the last few weeks, has no plan on removing that. And yet everyone's screeching us to have kids. What, with what money? Because wages do not pay enough to, to raise children, typically. Childcare is extortionate. So if I've got to keep working while raising this baby, who's going to look after it while I'm at work? Like, okay, so where I live, my, uh, the, the closest relative I, I guess I could get to look after a baby um, would be my brother, except he works full time as well. Um, so he's off the list. The next would probably be my mum. She lives about 40 minutes away. And she lives in a place that doesn't have great public transport. So how am I supposed to get this baby to her and then pick that baby up after? 
my grandparents, they live, again, sort of around 40 minutes away and it's a pain in the ass to get to. How am I supposed to get the baby to and from my grandparents' house? So uh, the only option I have is to pay for childcare, except it costs so much money. So who is going to look after this child? And me, working all the time, how am I supposed to spend time with this child? Help them, support them, make sure that they develop the way that they should because that's an important part. You have to be there with your child while they're growing up. It's important. All of the baby books teach you that. How am I meant to do that if I'm working all the hours God sends? This is the thing. They're fucking yelling at us. Have more babies. Why aren't you having babies? The population's in danger. Why won't you have babies? Because I can't. Because you have created a climate that makes it almost impossible for people of my age and probably the next generation down as well to be able to afford to have children and to be able to take care of those children. Like, that's it. That's the answer, Boris. Jacob Rees-Mogg. Not that you should have any kind of fucking dominion over my uterus, because it's not really your business what she gets up to. But but what do you want me to do? I can't, <laughs> I can't magic thousands and thousands of pounds out of thin air so that I can give this baby the life that it needs and deserves. You know, we're not all like Boris who can just sort of get huge amounts of money out of the taxpayer and has a bunch of rich friends they can mooch off of and all of that like that's not most people's life it's just not <laughs> um but boris seems very very angry um and is now taking out on barbie i guess um i don't i don't believe that anything in the barbie movie was guilting women into having children um but let's let's uh, let's finish off this uh, wonderful column that Boris has given us this uh, this weekend. Oh God! Now you or I might think that after the demographic explosion of our lifetimes, more than four billion added since I was born, it was positively good news that at least in some places we are finally beginning to reduce the sheer weight of humanity and all of the destruction that we bring. The ruination of habitats and nature, the annihilation of species, the pollution of the seas, the warming of our very atmosphere. We may all reduce... Uh, <laughs> rejoice! <laughs> That was that was a slip, wasn't that? Individually and hypocritically in our own children. But we may also believe that we don't need to continue the relentless expansion of the past few hundred years. At least this is what I think. But that is not the message of Barbie the movie. Fucking hell. You want lots more babies who will soon turn into dull, demanding kiddies. Mattel wants human reproduction. Do they? F well, actually, that being said, capitalism kind of demands that and it demands more and more children being born so that those children will grow up into adults who can work in, you know, industry. But I, I don't think that that's what the script writers were thinking. You know, I don't think that's what... Uh, Margot Robbie, Greta Gerwig were thinking, I think they were thinking, you know what, let's make a movie that is a loving tribute to the toys that meant a lot to people and what they symbolise to us and to all of the people who feel a little bit lost, a little bit afraid 
of the world around them. And let's make something that makes them feel safe and comforted and understood. I think that's probably what they were thinking. Not, let's make something that demands everyone has a baby. Like, what? come the fuck on. Come the fuck on. And what do you want if you are a Hollywood studio, asked Boris. You want bums on seats. You want young kids going to see it and loving it and passively absorbing <laughs> its philoprogenitive message. I hesitate to give away the end. I'm not going to read this part because it does. Um, well, actually, not. should I read this part? Because he's very wrong about what he says and I want to... Okay, right. Brief spoilers for Barbie. Well, actually, no, massive spoilers for Barbie, I suppose. Um, if you don't want spoilers for, for how Barbie ends, um, skip ahead by, like, let's say two minutes. I'll keep it under two minutes. Okay, skip ahead. Now, oh, my God, what if I don't talk for a full two minutes and then you're just, like, sat there, like, oh, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Okay, okay, get on with it, get on with it. Okay, so um, he says, I hesitate to give away the end, but what does Barbie say when she eventually flees for the real world? She enters a doctor's clinic and announces in the payoff line of the film, I'm here to see my gynecologist. Okay, but that doesn't mean she's there to have a baby, Boris. Women go to gynecologists for all kinds of reasons. I went to one recently to make sure that I didn't have cervical cancer. I did not. Although the, the nurse actually, like, she struggled. She couldn't, she literally, she was like, I can't find your cervix. And I'm sat there like, what? Where is it gone? Did it fall out? I don't. And then she had to go get a doctor who had to come in. And, and they found it eventually. And, and it was fine. Um, that was on my birthday, by the way. It was like the worst birthday ever. But um, <laughs> it was the only day I could get off so I could go to the doctor. Um, you know, but there are lots of reasons you can go there if you're having, you know, issues with, you know, periods, all kinds of stuff. It's, it's not centrally about getting pregnant. And I, I highly doubt that Barbie was going there to get pregnant. But I think it says a lot that Boris Johnson's only real understanding of women's health care is woman get pregnant woman go to pregnant doctor woman have baby i abandon baby and find new woman woman get pregnant and the cycle continues um i think he does not have a strong understanding of women i would imagine he probably thinks he does but he does not um and perhaps that's why he just sort of bumbled in and decided to tell everybody what Barbie was actually about. Um, very incorrect. <laughs> very incorrect. Um, you know, sure, I would say that there probably is a hope that some people will purchase dolls after seeing the movie. Um... But that doesn't mean that everything else that was in the movie went away. But I think that someone like Boris is unable to see it because he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to understand the experiences of others. He does not want to um, 
stop talking for a minute and listen to other people's experiences and how their lives have been. He's a very self-centered person, which of course we know. Um, and to me, this whole column is just him once again screeching at women, have babies, have babies, have my babies. I'm not doing anything right now. The wife's just had another one. Why don't you with me? Very creepy behavior. Good news, gang. For anybody who is interested in fleeing the good ship disaster that we call the UK, there could be options coming soon. So the Scottish government has released information on their plans for Scottish citizenship if Scotland becomes an independent country. It's quite interesting. Um, Humza Yusuf said that Scotland will be following the Irish citizenship model after independence. And so there would be four ways to become a Scottish citizen. Automatic entitlement on the day of independence, by birth after independence, registering as a Scottish citizen, or applying to become a Scottish citizen. Um, um, hi. Hello. I'll be there day one. I'll just be like knocking on the door like, knock, knock, who's there? It's me. Who's at the border? It's me. Hi. Um, like, listen, I took a quiz and it told me that, like, because it was about which Barbie you are from the Barbie movie. And um, <laughs> mine said uh, that I was lawyer Barbie. Okay. And this is important information because Lawyer Barbie was played by the beautiful and very talented Sharon Rooney, who is Scottish. So listen, I'm basically there. Like, come on. It's it's in me, obviously. I'm just saying. I feel like I would be an asset. I, uh... What can I do? What can I do? Oh my God, what my talents? Um, I could enter Eurovision for you. And I, I mean, we could probably get like top 10. That's a thing. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Some people think I'm nice. I, I'm very good at swearing, as you could probably hear. I, listen, I'll be pleading my case day one. I'll be like, hello, hi, what's up? Let me in. I don't belong here. I don't belong here. So um, maybe I'll see some of you there. It'd be cute. It'd be cute. What's not cute? <laughs> Matt Hancock. We hate him. Uh, so this week it was decided... Um, it was decided by Ipso, which is a newspaper regulator, that it was okay for the Daily Mirror to describe Matt Hancock as a failed health secretary and cheating husband who broke the lockdown rules he wrote, doubled down on the lies he told, and helped enrich his mates via the infamous VIP PPE lane. <laughs> as they should. As they should. 
They should say it. Every newspaper should say it because it's fucking true. I know that he's trying to rewrite the narrative and reframe himself as just a boy who fell in love and who tried very hard and wrapped his arms around care homes. But, like, it's not true. He is a failed health secretary. He is a cheating husband. He is a scumbag. He did break the rules that he wrote. He is trash total trash and everybody should say it speaking of trash let's keep let's keep on the trash uh trail um so let's talk about david tc davis not to be confused with the other david davis um so he is a tory mp and he put out what really can only be described as a horrifically racist campaign leaflet. Um, I... I I get that the Tories are on lazy mode at this point, but putting open racism in your campaign material is revolting. It's disgusting. Um, we've actually talked a bit on this show about this particular kind of racism. So, um, anti-traveller racism is something that is really still quite common and quite open here in the UK. Um, so in a way, I'm not surprised to see this from, from a member of parliament, to be honest. Um, but that, just because I'm not surprised, that does not mean that it should be happening. Um, So uh, he talks in this leaflet about how a a traveller site will apparently be coming to the area soon um, and that there should be a consultation on this apparently. and the whole the whole leaflet is basically scaremongering about travellers and trying to act as if they are horrible people that nobody should want near them. Um, and he's he's going to be the big hero and and save local people from from this apparently scary and horrible travelers it's just blatant dog whistle racism really and and this is you know this is a sitting mp who who just puts this in his campaign material as if it's not a problem as if it's perfectly okay to just be openly racist You know, and, and then people people talk about about how how, you know, racism isn't really a thing in this, you know, in the UK and people should stop talking about it, people should stop complaining. No. And this is why. This is why, because members of parliament are just, just being openly fucking racist in their campaign material and trying to encourage the people in their constituency to also engage in that racism putting 
the traveller community in danger by continuing to push negative stereotypes about them and to dehumanise them. It's just... I have a theory that we are never going to end racism. I know it's a bit of a downer thing to say, but um, I just... I see so many examples of people effectively using racism to benefit themselves, right? Something like this, a guy who is trying to win votes by being racist and by trying to push the people around him into joining in with his racism. And so racism will not end because it benefits the people who are not impacted by it and like I said I know I know it's a downer thought to have but I I can't escape it at this point I mean we've got MPs literally putting out racist fucking leaflets where do you go from there like how how do you think yeah we're close to beating racism like are we are we really because I don't think that we are um, now, on to, uh, another person who's hoping to, to win an election. Haven't seen any leaflets yet, so assuming they won't be racist, but, you know, we don't know. We don't, I, I'm assuming not. I mean, <laughs> if you're running in Brighton, I don't think that racist leaflets are going to help you. Um, so Brighton Pavilion is a seat that is going to be quite hotly contested in the next general election because the current MP, Caroline Lucas, is standing down. She is the only Green MP in the whole of the UK. And so the Green Party are hoping to hold on to that seat, um, with their candidate, Sean Berry, um who has has held a lot of um a lot of roles in the green party uh actually um probably the most prominent would be her time as co-leader of the green party with Jonathan Bartley um and now she is standing for the role of of MP um according to some circles um then again <laughs> it's it's a bit confusing because <laughs> because um she's i mean look she's she's a lady that likes to do a lot of jobs you know and i i won't i won't knock out i think women being employed is fantastic um but she is uh, as far as i can tell still a member of the London Assembly. Um, so, you know, you do kind of have to question how can she do that and also be a member of parliament in Brighton? And then we come to a thing I dislike. You know how I dislike... Um, I, li I dislike parachuting. I, I hate it, actually. Um, I, I do believe that it is wrong 
genuinely and I think people should be represented by people who understand the community and understand the needs of the people because they've been there and they've experienced it and I do think that it's wrong to have people just jumping into seats because they think they can win them um so I mean I have questions about Sean Berry's suitability there um another person uh I have questions about and somebody who um a great number of Green Party activists are very angry at because they hoped that they'd have a clear run at the seat so that the Greens could retain it um, and keep it out of the hands of the Tories. But it turns out the Labour Party may have other plans because guess who is standing to be the candidate for Brighton Pavilion? It's Eddie Izzard! <laughs> Apparently, uh... <laughs> Uh, apparently um she she's gotten over sheffield who apparently was uh sheffield was the most important battle that she had um but now fuck that no brighton pavilion is the most important battle that she's had apparently you, you know you can move on and you can have two most important battles i i i don't know uh, <laughs> good christ um she has not been selected as the candidate yet um but she is standing to uh to to get on on the list to to become the candidate um <laughs> Again, I I cannot stand parachuting candidates. I hate that shit. I hate that shit. It's so... I straight up fucking hate it. Honestly, truly. Um, I, I just... I just, I think it's disrespectful to voters, to just to everybody. I, I, it's, it's so unserious, you know? It's so unserious. Um, so, apparently apparently brighton is is now the the big important battle for eddie um okay all right whatever um she announced it with this tweet brighton pavilion i'm very excited to announce that i'm standing to be your next labor mp if you want me to be your champion for equality sustainability and opportunity for all vote for me girl I <laughs> so there are a lot of uh as I said green activists who are very pissed about this um somebody tweeted if Eddie Azard wants to take on the Tories in a marginal seat fine but why on earth stand against Sean Berry in a seat she's likely to win okay 
this isn't about Izzard's po- politics, but rather the smell of entitlement that some people think they can be parachuted into a constituency, knowing nothing about its t- people and their needs. I agree with that person. I do. Um, <laughs> um, girl. Um, it was actually pointed out as well uh, by quite a few people that one of the things that Eddie said a lot during the attempt to become the candidate in Sheffield was that Eddie wanted to fight for the North and now Eddie is standing uh, in Brighton, which is very much not in the North at all. Um, you know, her heart was in Sheffield, but now it's gone down the road. I, (laughs) I just, I, I would question, um, the true commitment of a candidate who, you know, gave this whole long rambly pitch, you know, Sheffield is my heart. I love Sheffield. Sheffield is everything to me. And then a couple months later is like, Brighton is my heart. I love Brighton. Brighton is everything to me. Like, it's giving liar, to be honest. It's giving liar. Um, That being said, I don't actually know what the chances are um, of Eddie actually getting selected. Because last time... There was this whole big campaign. Everybody was talking about it. And then it turned out she she didn't get it. She didn't get it. And she didn't really have a chance. Like, she she actually, you know, she was not exactly, you know, breaking down doors and, you know, doing it. So I I do wonder if the same is going to happen again. There'll be this big fanfare. Everyone will be talking about it. It'll be talked about on fucking Good Morning Britain and shit. Oh, you know, should she be running? Blah, blah, blah. And then nothing will come of it and somebody else from the local party will actually be selected. Um, that could happen. I don't know. I, I just... I just feel bad for people in that constituency because now they have two less options from the local area. And I I, I don't really think that's fair to them. Um, but I guess we'll see how it all works out. Um, it will be interesting for sure. Um, quite a chaos. But we've got a little bit of time before before the election and certainly a bit of time before Labour gets their shit together and picks a candidate there because you know what they can be like. So um, I guess we'll find out um, probably in a couple weeks maybe what's going to happen. Okay, besties, that's all for this week, but I will catch you again next week. Love you, bye. I nearly wet myself then. Thanks for listening, bestie. I hope you enjoyed the show and I will see you again next time for a new episode of What the Actual Fuck is Going On With This Whole Politics Business. Uh, there's stuff about me, Pat.
paddleboard. The nonsense, the sea was actually closed. It was a, a red notice. You just can't call it. We will not be caught with no clothes on. I've always been a completely normal UK tax player. It's not in opposition that I want to be in. It's Nicola's desk I want. I want to serve this country <laughs> as First Minister <laughs> and its Labour values. You can have the desk, you're just not getting the job. <laughs> I don't know if you've been to Peppa Pig World. Who's been to Pads? I've been, been to Peppa Pig World. In December, I'll be in Beijing, opening up new pork markets. I mean, seriously. What the actual fuck? Love you, bye.